Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm Caleb Zachran, Assistant Editor of the New Books Network. Today, I'm speaking with photographer and documentarian Herlinda Koble about the book, Fascination of Science, 60 Encounters with Pioneering Researchers of Our Time. A brilliant collection of portraits and interviews, Fascination of Science is a wonderful gateway into the world of contemporary scientists. Herlinda, thank you for joining me today on the New Books Network. Hello, thank you for to be here and that we could talk together. Of course, you know this. This is actually, a, you know, such a fun, fun book to read, and I think, you know, especially in in this world today where there's so many, so much scientific research going on, and it feels like, uh, you know, it's hard to keep up with everything. Th- this book really helped humanize uh, the world of science by by sh- showcasing uh, the people that are that are working on these really just disparate and incredible projects. But before jumping into that, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. I'm a photographer. I'm an artist. I, I do and have a lot of exhibitions. I did around 15 books. Uh, so I'm doing photographs, interviews, text, videos, and films. So I'm uh, an artist maybe like Leonardo da Vinci. So he did a lot of different things too. And, you know, are there any particular, particular projects that you've done before um, that helped inspire this work? Like how, how did this particular project come about? Was there was there a, a spark that led to it? And not really, but you know, I'm very curious. Like the, it's a main thing that scientists have to have. So that's also connected with me. I'm very curious. And so I visited also some meetings with scientists and um, I was impressed that they had to take their um, research in just in to tell the audience in 15 minutes. So they really had to think about what's really important. And I thought, that's fantastic. So I could make a book who really is not really only addressed to scientists, but also to the public, because science is so interesting and so important for our future. Uh, so I thought I will do it. And of course, I will do it internationally. 
And also I thought if I choose the personalities who are laureates or really successful scientists, that might be uh, an inspiring book or thing for the young people because young people are always looking for role models. And this scientists who are in the book, they are really role models. So that's some of my um, thinking what, what I would like to do with this book. How did you come up with these 60 scientists? Did you have a bigger list that you then called down or did you not have a particular number in mind and you were just, you know, going and meeting people and then a new person would appear uh, out of the woodwork, so to speak? No, I really uh, was reading a lot, searching a lot, also talking to other scientists who really experienced this. And so I uh, was looking for the most important scientist in every field, you know, from AI to uh, to the traditional, like physics or uh, chemistry and so on. So I had the whole large of um, f different fields in, in science. That was one thing. And also then after the research, and I think who I have, and also some people helped me a little bit to get the, to do the to make the door open, you know, because some of them were really very difficult to to get some time with them, and and also I made a list internationally, and I was I spent a whole month in USA. I went to China. I went to uh, France, to England, to Israel, to just all over to Auckland, Australia, and so on. That I really have the international. Yeah, very famous crowd of scientists, and um, and it was really planned. Yeah, I would love to hear you know some of the stories of meeting some of these scientists. If there's there's a you know maybe two or three uh, particular people that you would like to talk about as particular and particularly interesting encounters. Yeah, you know, for instance, one scientist in Israel, uh, he told me uh, it's Avnia, David Avnia. He told me, after a successful day, you may have changed the world because you have created new knowledge. I think that's a fantastic quote because, um, yeah, you can change the world when you really uh, do research a lot. And if you, you know, and also that's one thing, what scientists really have all of them in a certain way in common. They their curiosity, their big curiosity, but also they have, have to have an impossible mixture of perseverance and flexibility. And uh, so this kind of skills are really needed uh, as a scientist. And, uh, and also, for instance, Richard there, he is, is researching in Stanford. I asked him, What's about success? And then he told me, what are you talking about? Nine of 10 experiments are failures. And so you have to go on and on and on and always uh, looking for the next one. And maybe a failure is not a failure. You have to really have to look and analyze it. And then maybe you get new ideas, but it's never a failure. And... Uh, some of them told me also learn through failures. And back to Richard there, then he told me when we were talking about curiosity, he said, you know, 
never grow up, you know, because as a child, we have a big amount of curiosity. Always, we're always asking why, why, why? Said, you know, never stop asking why. Uh, because don't go up, but not be kin kindish. Uh, but you have to lose your curiosity. That makes the world much richer and you too also. So that's wonderful experiences. And, you know, they were full of wisdom and they were so smart also, you know. I liked it very much. Yeah, there were there were two people in your list. Um, I, I, you know, I have to admit, I wasn't familiar with a lot of these these scientists, um, you know, which is, I think, part of the point of the book is to kind of highlight these people that are so influential today, uh, but that the average person might not know. But the two names that I was really familiar with uh, were Eric Kandel uh, and Jennifer yes. Duaudna. Um, and yeah. I would love to hear about the experience meeting them uh, and what you learned uh, in your in your conversations with them. Yeah, Eric Kandel is really also an outstanding personality. You know, now is uh, he is already now over ninety, and now um, I just we exchanged mails, and he told he told me that he now is retired. But um, and he told me also he is every day he went to the lab, and he was walking every day because he said that's very good and it. Um, it mean uh, keep the illness away and and also he was he was he, had, he told me a very nice story he had the also he's a Lorian uh, prize uh, winner and um, and then he was also working like day and night and then once uh, he his on a weekend his wife was on the in the, was standing at the door in the door with the baby in the arms that, you know, now we ha you have to change. You're always working day and night and weekends and so on. We don't see you anymore. And so uh, then, of course, he changed a bit. But that it's an example that the scientists, not, they are not tired of working. They are, they are so fascinated that they can't stop working. And that when they work on the weekend, that's pleasure not a duty you know and uh, so that he's very well and he has a huge humor and it's it's a pleasure just to talk to him and uh jennifer Dodna, he's also she is very special too she got the Nobel prize also together with emmanuel charpentier the french uh and uh scientist and the both of them, I would say, uh, they got the Nobel Prize because they were working together so excellent. So both of them needed the other for this, uh, for the research, CRISPR-Cas9, the gene sister. sister. And, um, and uh, she told me that already, as a child, uh, she was already challenged by her father, you know, because her father always on when evening meal uh, at the dinner, he uh, talked to her, but not in a in the way that fathers or parents talking with the children, you know, now you're a child. No, he really took her very serious and challenged her with uh, with questions. And she really had to not fight, but hard discussions with her father. 
And so she had, from the beginning on, um, I would say very much support to go this way and uh, and also also besides she had has children but she was always working never stopped working and um, it's the same with her you know she's working almost or was working uh, almost around the clock yeah and another yeah another person yeah. that you also met too was george church the geneticist Yes. Um, and right. this is also one of my favorite photos in the entire book. It's uh, the photo is him looking down at his hand. Uh, yeah. the, the motif throughout the entire book, I, I should say for listeners too, uh, is that each interview is featured along with a photograph, a black and white photograph of the scientist with uh, their most essential core idea written down on the palm of their hand. Um, and George Church, it's a great photograph of him. Most people are looking at the camera, but he's looking down yeah. at his at his hand, and it's very, very That's in a very fine. contemplative way. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the experience like talking with him? You know, he is an outstanding personality, really outstanding personality. And you know, um, he has, he is doing all the so many different things in research, so many, and he's he hasn't any. He is not anxious at all, and he is so full of courage just to try things to try things out you never have to have seen before. And also, he is, I would say he is also one of the scientists who tries to make the unthinkable thinkable and to show it. And so he has um, he also made little brains, you know, of himself. And I think that's very curious to see the little brains of yourself and so re, in a way recuperated uh, himself. And uh, and also he um, did so um, so new researches. And uh, also he had a very interesting biography. That's one thing that I always asked the scientists how was your way up to the top? That's very important. And he was uh, had a very difficult childhood, and but even so, he just made his way. He w went in a in a certain way. He go yeah. He went his way and always tried things out. And it always when it was difficult, he mastered it. And uh, I think it's he could be a role model also for to be courageous and curiosity and uh, also for perseverance. And he is so he is also a colorful personality, really colorful. You should everybody should read his interview. And uh, I think. This kind of personalities also make uh, change the world. So when you when you were talking to to scientists like George, you know, as you note, he has a very very colorful personality. Um, but did you did you notice a maybe a through line between the personalities, more introverted versus extroverted, or did people have all sorts of different personalities and character quirks? Yeah, they're they're really different. First of all, uh, you know, there are some bias about uh, scientists. The people think they are nerds or boring and so on, but they aren't 
that at all. You know, they're really fascinating personalities. And uh, but you have to be interested not only on the what they are doing. Uh, you should be interested on what what kind of personality they are, you know? And then in the interviews, you are telling me very openly about their childhood, about their use, what they are thinking. And so you really can see, uh, you can almost feel their personality. And um, and for instance, the, the, the mathematics people, scientists, they are really more introvert because I think probably because they always have to think about figures and figures and on and on. So it's very different, for instance, to compare with George Church, for instance. And um, and and all the, by the way, the mathematics, they, there is no Nobel Prize. There's, they get every four years the Fields Medal for scientists, mathematics scientists, will get uh, yeah four, and every four years, and they have to be under forty. So it's really a tough selection in the ma- in mathematics, and uh, so um, and I think it's also maybe we should talk about the women and men in science because. Um, I have several Nobel Prize winners with um, Francis Arnold, for instance, also a fantastic personality. You, you mentioned already uh, Jennifer Dodna and Emmanuel Charpentier. Uh, and they were now, they are already the younger generation, but the generation like Francis Arnold, they really had a tough way up to the top. And, um, but nowadays, they are women are more well received and also the um, the hurts uh, I would say are a bit smaller than in this generation and also um, maybe all of the situations are going better in taking care for children for instance Francis Arnold told me uh, after two days, I was in the lab again with the baby on the arm. So that's the kind of tough situations this woman had to master, you know. And uh, yeah, that's it was difficult for women, but it's going better. It of course science uh, is a man's world, but it's changing. As you mentioned before, it was very important to me, uh, or for me, that's. Um, I wanted to photograph the scientists in a different way, not just like the old man. Uh, so I asked them, as you mentioned, uh, to write their formula or their philosophy on their palms. And they liked the idea very much. And uh, to bring the personality, you know, the what they are doing, what, they are, what kind of research they're doing, and their face, their personality together, I asked him to hold the hand very close to the face. And in the first, in first, but by the way, they liked the idea to write it on the hand. hand. And uh, and then uh, in the beginning, they were a little bit stiff. And then said, you, you can do whatever you like, just play a ladder around. I didn't give orders what they have to do. 
And then they started to play, put the hand on the top or a side or a down. And it was really very playful elements uh, appeared. And I think it, that's also um, what scientists are a little bit like child. They like to draw and they like to play. And I think this elements scientists, a successful scientist, um, still have it. And so I think so the um, both things, my idea and their attitude gets very well together. And it's though the pictures are really like you haven't seen the scientists never in this way before. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, there's definitely a sort of a, you know, a, 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 this almost like a childlike wonder that comes through in a lot of these photographs, um, you know, they, they, you know they're either looking at their hand in a way or, you know, looking off into the distance, almost, you know, thinking about about the the um, the equation or the idea written on the palm of their their hand. Um, it, you know, was it hard for when you ask the scientists to write down their their core idea on their palm? Was it hard for some of them or for many of them? Was it was it very easy to come up with what they should put on their palm? It was easy. I was surprised that it was so easy, but uh, I think they have liked the idea very much because it's new for them. They are all normally they are always photographed in the same style, but also the playful element. It was in addition, and the other one showed me that they're really so into their research that they don't have to think about it. It's just there in their mind, in their brain, so that they immediately wrote their philosophy or their formula on the palm. I was surprised, but uh, and therefore, um, the, the the portraits were so different. You know, you see them smile, you see them laughing, or uh, and one surprise was is there too. You know. Uh, because some of them hold the hands, the fingers quite very tight together. Some of them just making like this, very elegant. And so you see the whole variety of how men or human beings can hold their hand. And now that it's also a storytelling, how they hold their hands, you know very tight or loose or uh, up or down. And so there's, besides uh, the wonderful interviews, that's the second story in the picture. Yeah. I thought it was, what I sort of liked about it too is, you know, how essential our hand is just for humans for early tool usage and uh, just just using the, the, the hand as this place to, to, you know, you know, typically it's used to, for tools, but also just to showcase the ideas. Um, it just reminded me of of the kind of long connection that we've had had, you know, from our earliest days, uh, you know, as humans, uh, to the hand as a tool, to now this hand is this place where we can represent such complex ideas that, you know, our ancestors probably would have never, <laughs> never been able to imagine. Um, you know the, the the last question that I have for you is this is just you know because you you interviewed so many people and you went to so many places just about the international character of science. Um, you know what was your sort of experience when you were in different places? Were there uh, different attitudes or 
mores or did you feel that there was a bit of a universal character to the scientists uh, that kind of, you know, transcended national borders? Uh, I will say, let me say, I think that curiosity is one they have in common all over the world, you know, uh, either in China or USA or, or England, uh, Israel, it doesn't matter. And also their perseverance and flexibility. That's, uh, I would say that's uh, three and um, three things they have all in common, but also that they are totally fascinated and uh, driven. They are really driven. And uh, and, and that they can't stop really working. And uh, so I think that's that's the main thing. And and also uh, that they they are interested to give new, let's see, new or change the world in a certain way with new tools, with new results of scientists, of science, and you know that's also that the new they can change the world. I think that's also it's one point, and uh, that they are so working like day and night, yeah. and um, you know because they have long ways where they are not successful because there are so many failures or this uh, interview doesn't um, the the um, re research doesn't succeed, you know, the experiment. And even so, never gave up, never. It, and all over the world, it's the same. And that this kind of attitudes, or it's in common, and also what they were telling me, what they really fascinate is that they can thinking, or that's important, thinking out of the box uh, and uh, to create new things, and this, this thinking out of the box, that's also one of the main thing. And yeah, the unthinkable make thinkable and also to not only to think about it, but also to make it. That's, uh, I think that's, uh, they all have in common, yeah. Well, Herlinda, thank you so much for being a guest on the New Books Network. The book is Fascination of Science, 60 Encounters with Pioneering Researchers of Our Time. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fun read. Um, you know, I, I really recommend people get, it's the type of book where you can you can really open it up to any page uh, and find something really interesting. Uh, and I, I think you're totally right. This is, the, this is the perfect, probably, gift for someone who is is maybe on their way to college uh, or, you know, a high school student or, or really anyone who's just interested in, in current scientific research. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank you.